greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to join us for this podcast. We've been offering these online acts of worship every week since the first lockdown began, almost a year ago now. Each act of worship combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons. We've kept a candle burning here on the altar each day since the very start of that first lockdown as a sign of hope, even when our doors have been closed. And we think about you and give thanks for you each day when it is lit. Do please leave a comment or a like as you listen to our service. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. Now, may the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God.
Lord be with you. Please be seated. A very warm welcome to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the third Sunday of Lent. You can find a full order of service for this act of worship on the Listen Online page on our website. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Let us come to the Lord who is full of compassion and acknowledge our transgressions in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, 
who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy of you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. To our Lord Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from Exodus, chapter 20, beginning at the first verse. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your manservant or your maidservant, or your cattle, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. You shall not covet your neighbour's house. You shall not cover your neighbour's wife, or his manservant, or his maidservant, or his ox, or his ass, or anything that is your neighbour's. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1, beginning at the 18th verse. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will thwart. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers at their business. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all with the sheep and the oxen out of the temple, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. You shall not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for thy house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign have you to show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he spoke of the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the words which Jesus had spoken. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. You will probably not need reminding that it was a year ago this month that the first lockdown began. It has been interesting to reflect on all that has happened since then. Living as I do here in the very heart of the City of London, my abiding memory of that initial period of closure is that virtually overnight Fleet Street suddenly and dramatically fell silent. London is a city that in normal times never sleeps. Prior to the pandemic, I was accustomed to seeing people around here all day and all night. There was a busy nighttime economy that was always active. There were those who travelled to and from jobs that took place during the most antisocial of hours, those who were employed to clean the offices and surrounding buildings very late at night or long before dawn, often doing miserable work for minimal pay in grim working conditions because they had no other choice. And at the other end of the social and financial spectrum, there were those wealthy city workers whose jobs were all-consuming, consuming of their lives, their energy, and of their waking hours. Those whom I could see chained to their desks far into the night, even throughout the weekends. Theirs was a different kind of slavery. Our Old Testament lesson this morning recounts the Ten Commandments given by God to Moses. As some of you will have heard me observe before, 
our passage includes a line of crucial importance that is often completely overlooked when the commandments are mentioned, namely the introductory words in which God says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. The Ten Commandments were delivered to a people who were newly released from slavery. They are a charter for a freed people to help them from falling into slavery again. Because, as Almighty God knows far better than the rest of us, there are very many different kinds of slavery, and some of the most powerful and most insidious are precisely the ones that it is difficult for us to recognise. Read the Ten Commandments in that light and you begin to discover their abiding significance and their timeless relevance. And bearing in mind my observations about pre-pandemic life in central London, the fourth of those commandments makes for particularly interesting reading. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not become a slave to work. We need an appropriately bounded time of rest and refreshment in order to be able to function properly as human beings for the welfare of both our bodies and our souls. Now, you might wonder why on earth I am talking about this particular subject at the end of a 12-month period during which many people have found themselves struggling to deal with more leisure time than they have known what to deal with. My answer is twofold. Firstly, note the accompanying biblical wisdom that we cannot flourish in a life that is characterized by continuous leisure either. After all, even Adam in the Garden of Eden before the fall was given work to do, to till the garden and keep it. Because without a purpose and a focus of some kind, human beings rot. We are not designed for a life of indolence, attractive though the prospect might appear during those times when we really do feel stressed out and overworked. But more specifically, with our schools due to reopen tomorrow here in England, we are now, God willing, poised to embark upon the first step of the lifting of restrictions and the journey back to, towards some kind of normality which makes it a very good time to pause to reflect on what kind of normality we wish to return to. Because we can very easily fall into the trap of becoming enslaved or of colluding with systems that continue to enslave others. The idea of Sabbath rest seems rather quaint and old-fashioned in our restless 24-7 world. But even back in those days when it was a reality, 
For many Christians, it was anything but a source of joy and delight. My mother used to recount stories of dismal, dreary, and boring Sundays spent at her grandmother's house, a woman who was Victorian in every sense of the word, which were characterised by sheer misery. Church attendance and enforced good behaviour during a time of complete inactivity were torture for any young energetic child. Isn't it sad that such an amazing gift, the gift of Sabbath rest, a gift that is actually explicitly ordained by God to safeguard and preserve the enjoyment and fulfilment of human beings, that such a gift could have become so confined by the strictures of pious legalism and corrupted into the very embodiment of joylessness as a result. Indeed, the sad thing is that Christians of all traditions have a lamentable history of taking something wise and good and of God and turning it into something harsh and moralizing. I would not presume to comment on the practices of any denomination other than my own, but the American theologian Stanley Howas has lamented one particular aspect of his own Methodist tradition. The Methodism in which he grew up recognised and engaged with the grave social consequences of alcohol abuse, quite rightly. And yet, in his view, its opposition to alcohol became so strident and moralistic, his words, that it extended to the rejection of wine in the Eucharist in favour of grape juice. In his view, this turned, and I quote, an important social issue into a personal code of conduct that lost its social significance. And even the holiest of us can fall into that trap. I can remember hearing a Jewish rabbi say that one of the things for which we shall ultimately be answerable before God is which of God's good gifts we are guilty of having failed to enjoy and appreciate to the full in this life, which strikes me as a far healthier and actually far holier approach. This morning's Gospel is one of the most startling passages in the whole of the New Testament for its sheer violence, as we see Jesus exploding into the temple, overturning the tables of the money changers and driving them out with a whip of cords. That is about as far away from the image of gentle Jesus, meek and mild, as it is possible to get. It is utterly shocking. And for this to take place in the temple, the dwelling place of God, unthinkable. But sometimes it really does take an incident that dramatic and decisive to cut through our conventional ways of doing things, to challenge our assumptions, to reveal our enslavement to shine a light on the ways in which we have allowed that which was originally good and holy and of God to become corrupted and overshadowed by something much darker. In the same way, 
the pandemic that exploded into our world a year ago has been heartbreaking, but also very exposing. It has exposed divisions within society, particularly between those who have and those who have not. Divisions that were, of course, already there, but were so easily forgotten or remained hidden from view. It has revealed to some of us how far the treadmill of work and ceaseless activity and busyness was previously keeping us in chains. And I hope that it has also given those of us who are privileged enough to be able to exercise choices in the matter to become aware of how our actions and our decisions and our collusion with some of the unjust structures of our society can serve to keep others enslaved, albeit in ways that we do not usually have to confront and face directly. This Lent has been a very strange season to observe. After a year that for many people has been so devoid of enjoyment, it somehow hasn't felt quite right to speak of self-denying disciplines, let alone impose them on ourselves or on others. But I'm not really sure that that is what Lent is for in any case. Rather, we are called to spend some time in contemplation, which includes reflecting on what it is that keeps us and others enslaved, and to understand in the light of that the true meaning of freedom for us and for all God's people. As Janet Morley once wrote, we are called on not simply to give generously out of our abundance to those who happen to be less fortunate than ourselves, but to recognise that we too are diminished and wounded because the world is arranged as it is, and that we also need actively to seek its transformation. As we emerge into a new kind of future, let us hope and pray that it is a better kind of future for all of God's children and for the whole human family, whoever and wherever they are. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. 
On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who, with the Father and the Son together, is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, who has promised to hear the prayers of all who ask in faith. Bless your church in all its deeds. Give wisdom to your bishops and all who govern our decisions, that their aim may be on godliness and charity, peace and love, and free from the dangers of worldliness. Lord, in your mercy. Open our eyes to the wonders of your creation, to the miracle of life, and to the wealth of human ingenuity. Unite us in our desires for a world that is safe and sustainable, and may the common good prevail over prejudice and greed. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our Hear prayer. Bless this Church of St. Bride, the membership brought together through worship. Bless all who have supported its ministry through the centuries past and in those to come. Remembering all journalists and associated trades, support them and our community on Fleet Street and beyond, who struggle in these times of hardship and uncertainty. Celebrate with us in looking toward a happier future with those planning their marriages, baptisms, and new ventures in the months to come. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our Bless, comfort, and protect all we know who are sick at this time. Those who suffer the effects of coronavirus. Those who are being treated for sickness, disease, or who struggle with aging bodies or with failing minds. Bless those who bring the skills of healing and nursing to the sick and dying, and to those who love them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear the prayers of all who have died this past week. Receive them in your heavenly temple, with joy, where worship is perfect and eternal. 
comfort all who miss their company, but will hold their memory dear. Grant us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, 
Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. 
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful Lord, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
Christ give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.